0: Hi, everybody. A quick message before we begin today's podcast. We have just released a free mini training called How to Work with Labor Pain to Have a Positive Birth Experience. Stay tuned for the end of the episode for more information. Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you, can live a better life not just physically but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice this podcast is sponsored by eco physiotherapy where their mission is to educate empower and rehabilitate you back to health without further ado please enjoy the show Welcome, everybody, back to the podcast. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about the mind behind the muscle, a mindset approach to personal training. My guest today is Tiana. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: I think this is a, this is going to be a really interesting discussion because I don't know that I've like, I don't know that I've ever heard it from this perspective Mm -hmm. And so I'm really excited to like learn about it. But before we like dive right into it, can you tell us a little bit about you and maybe like sharing with us, like where kind of the mindset piece sort of showed up for you and like why we're talking about it?
1: Sure. Um, So I'm a personal trainer and holistic nutritionist. And I'm based here in Toronto, but I do uh, a lot of online programming. And before I dive into the mindset, I'll just give you a little bit of backstory on me, because that'll tell you how I got to the mindset piece. Um, You know, I had a very love-hate relationship with food, you know, for a good portion of my life. uh, Suffered from, you know, disordered eating and eating disorders. And so as I navigated that for close to 15 years. And one day I decided to take advantage of the EAP program that my work was offering. And uh, I spoke to a therapist and, you know, I went into that very naively thinking, okay, we're just going to talk about food and like why I restrict. And, you know, she didn't talk about food at all. And I was like, "Uh, I think you're missing the point. (laughs) And so It was in that moment that I realized, okay, like food is only the symptom, but going back all of the, like peeling back all of the layers, it's really, um, it comes down to, you know, your like many things, your mindset, your past experiences, any traumas, big T or little T, you know, like all of that. And, um, that's when I kind of plugged into like, oh, okay. So there's actually like, it's just more than just working out. uh, It's more than just eating a healthy meal. And so that's when I really started to dive into that a little bit more. And it was my own personal health journey that prompted that. So that then translated to, you know, I went to um, schools to study holistic nutrition, like that therapist inspired me to do that, because that was also her background, in addition to being a therapist. Um, And I thought that the the nutrition piece would be great to go with the fitness aspect. And again, I wanted to take that holistic approach. So it was mind, body, spirit. It wasn't just about, you know, anti-inflammatory foods and supplements. And that's what nutrition school really offered me. And then I just dived like even deeper into that. And then that's really what spawned uh, my practice and working with clients.
0: Amazing. I, I always like to you know, hear the story because oftentimes it's like our story or, or our experiences really become the fuel for solutions, right? Okay. And then we find our own solutions and therefore that becomes like the fuel to help others in finding their solutions. And we're kind of there planting the seeds and giving perspective,
1: Yeah. And I would say, you know, when I speak to people who are in, you know, the wellness space and find out their story, I would say like eight times out of 10, it's because they had their own sort of health crisis that prompted it. And then now they're turning around and helping others with what they struggled with.
0: Indeed. So personal training. Um, Most people, when they think about it, you know, think about somebody's going to, you know, basically tell them what exercises to do and like how many reps to do, and you're likely to encounter them, you know, in a gym, perhaps maybe an online program. And I'm, I'm curious if your journey started out that way and if it morphed into a different way of providing, um, personal training. And then the caveat question to that would be, you know, why do so many like fitness programs sort of fail to make long-term change?
1: Yeah. It, my, when I first started with clients, I was very, you know, textbook, like, this is your program. We're going to do, you know, three sets, and 12 to 15 reps. And it was just like, it was so methodical. Right. Um, and straight out of the textbook. So it was like very linear. Uh, and then you know, I then worked with various trainers and coaches and, you know, when I'm like, oh, I can't. And they're like, yes, you can. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, but they'd be I like, yeah, of course- I
0: yeah. just have to put an explicit to it.
1: Oh. <laughs> They'll be like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, fuck that. You can. And it was like, okay. And they would push me in that, right? Like they wouldn't let me get stuck in my head. So I was like, okay, like that was like one exposure. <clears throat> and then again, as I was learning about, um, you know, nutrition and then learning more about mindset. And then more importantly, I was seeing clients and I'm wondering, okay, like, why can't they stick to this plan? You know, like, why are they not seeing results? And I mean, there's so many reasons of couple are, you know, I, they had the wrong motivate motivators, right? Like it's great to be, you know, want aesthetics and have like external factors motivate you. But, um, but at the core of it, like, what is it that you actually want? Like, what is that going to actually give you? Right. Uh, so they weren't exploring that. It was just like, oh, I just want to be thin. Oh, I just want a flat stomach. Well, well, why do you want the flat stomach? Right. Like, it, and I think that's why programs fail because they don't ask the why behind the goal, right? Like, it has to make sense, right? So, what is that flat stomach going to do for you? How is that going to make you feel? And then, you know, they'd answer the, if they answer the question, and it's like you peel it back again, and like I, there's always like five whys until you get to the actual reason. And so, when you see fitness plans that are just like thirty day challenges, sixty day challenges, which I am not a fan of, uh, it's because you know it's a quick fix. Like, go in, do this program. And then bam, you're done. But it's, you know, you'll see a lot of people after that start to have the weight creep back on. And they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Or it's something they've done something to lose that weight. That's so unsustainable that they're just like, I can't keep this up. And it's like, of course you can't keep it up because, you know, working out at that intensity for six days and restricting that's not sustainable for long-term. Right. So, I find that those types of programs will fail just because they're not really getting to the root cause, you know, like f- again, going back to what I was saying with, um, with myself in the eating disorder, like food is just the symptom, right? Like the weight is just the symptom
0: of something much deeper, much, yeah.
1: much deeper, much larger, and everybody's different. Right. So it's not until you peel back the why's that you find out why they've maybe gained that weight or why they're holding on to it. And I'm just using weight loss as an example because that's generally when people are wanna work out and they want to move, that's always the first goals because, like, oh, I want to lose weight or I wanna gain muscle. And so, you know, I wasn't asking the whys before. I was like, okay, cool, let's do this program. And it's like, okay, well, they're not really seeing results, but they're doing the program. And also I'm only with them like one or two hours a week. So I have no idea what they're doing outside of that time, right? So we're not even talking about lifestyle. We're not talking about habits, you know, you're just strictly looking at the plan and that's the biggest problem. So when I work with clients now, I have a very different approach and likely unconventional than most trainers where, you know, first I do an intake, like, let's see if we're the right fit for each other. That's the first thing. Because if there's not a right fit, then we know like energy is energy, right? And it doesn't lie. (laughs) Um, But then I'll do an intake with them where I ask like, okay, so like, what is it that you want? Why do you want that? How is that going to make you feel? And we go through all of those types of questions. And, you know, I talk about lifestyle. I'm like, so how are you sleeping? You know, like, do you, what's, what, what do you do for self-care, And I mean, self-care looks different for everyone. Um, So going through all of those questions with them, and that's the approach that I have now that I didn't have, you know, four or five years ago.
0: And and it's such a, it's so interesting because I mean, a lot of the questions you're asking are a lot of questions that I'm asking of my clients as well, right? Like from a physiotherapy perspective, like how many times I can, I I don't even, like, I, I don't have enough fingers to count how many times clients come in and tell me I'm not doing my exercise, right? And then it's like, okay, well, we haven't gotten really down to the core of, like, what do these exercises even mean for you, right? And since I started doing the same thing you're doing, which is, like, asking the whys, like, through motivational, we call it motivational interviewing skills, where it's like, well, why, like, what's important, about you not peeing your pants, right? Because again, it's like, there's this problem that they identify and they don't like the problem, but yet there's some sort of a barrier or there's something that they can't cross over in terms of their motivation. You know, what is it about the not peeing your pants? That's like, let's, let's dive deeper. And I find that clients, um, and I'm sure you see the same thing too, changing your practice that way. There's more motivation when we can help them understand that, you know, them solving this problem is significantly greater to their life than just solving the problem because it opens up their possibility.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean, you probably see it all the time in physio where they, maybe they have a nagging issue and it's like, you know, the issue is in the tissue. So it's like, what are you holding on to? that you can't let go of
0: the body. Yeah. The The body keeps the score a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, it always keeps the score. Right. Yeah. Um, And it always wins and it will always win because if we don't actually dive deeper into like, what is, and that's like, really, this is like really, really where my practice is now shifting is like, what is the body actually trying to say? Because it ain't lying. Right. Right. And usually it's it's yes, it's in the tissue and the pain is real and it's there. But you know, what's underneath that and what's sustaining
1: that pain? A hundred percent. And you know, so like just because weight loss is just the easiest example. Um, you know, when they want to lose the weight and you know, they give a very surface reason, it's like if they don't peel the layers back, they will constantly hold on to that weight because. That week gives them a false sense of security. At the core of it, right? Until they actually deal with any sort of underlying issues or um, false beliefs or whatever the case may be.
0: Well, it's usually a false belief tied in, perhaps with um, some sort of a, you know, core wound or some sort mm-hmm. of um, emotional. Um, like there could be a physic, like there could be a physical, but there's there's like a there's definitely an emotional piece that can tie in that goes with a core belief that is stemming from a past negative experience that they may or may not be consciously aware that they are holding on to. And because yes. it's so familiar too, yeah. right? You get safety, like it's it's like well, I don't know what the saying is, but it's like I'm I'm comfortable in my discomfort. Yeah because the alternative is unknown and I'm actually more afraid of the alternative and it's, it's the devil I know.
1: Right. Yeah. And you know, I had a client um, that I was working with recently and she came to me for a couple things. And one of them was weight loss. And, you know, she was frustrated with uh, you know, that in the first month, she wasn't seeing results. And first of all, it's like, how long did it take you to put on that weight? So you need to give yourself a little bit of grace and patience as it's slowly peeling back. And the more I dived deeper with her, she had a very extreme approach. Like it was like all or nothing. So it was like, if she's doing all these things and she's not going to see results and she's like, then I'm not going to do it. Right. And when we actually started talking about her childhood because everything happens in childhood and come to find out there was a lot of conversations about weight when she was younger and her mom basically planting an idea in her head like don't get big don't get big don't get big so as a 6 or 7 year old she's kind of like okay well then it's not like i can't stay in a bigger body right and this only translated throughout the years, as she was like, up and down, up and down, up and down, like very extreme with her weight. But, you know, she didn't even see that connection. Right. So this is the type of work that is so important. And like, to do this deeper dive to figure out, okay, like, what is it that's like, where's that block happening?
0: Indeed, yeah, because it's going to show up in the physiology, right? As like, that belief is being activated, or that wound, or or that um, memory is being activated. That like it's not safe to you know be big, but I'm also like dealing with other emotional things. It's like there's a signaling happening in the physiology that if I go into fight or flight mode, right, I'm going to want to mobilize my resources in a different way that may or may not be helpful for the goal that I'm going toward. Or if I feel like really threatened by what's going on and I'm overwhelmed in my existence, and then there's the weight piece, I might retain energy because my body's like, it's not safe. You better hold on to these resources because you may not, I don't know when, I don't know what the next thing is and I'm going to need energy. Right. So it's like, too much energy and too much sugar is being released into my muscles to fight or fight, or I'm conserving because, you know, it's really dangerous and I need to, I, I can't, I don't have the resources to process. And so, uh, you know, and then what you're eating, how you're sleeping, your mental health, like I think, you know, our mental health and our like physiological health impacts significantly how things show up in the body.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And people really underestimate the importance of sleep. That's the other thing I am like, I like to say sleep is the new sex, right? Like it's so important to, for recovery and for your mental health. And I mean, I, I function very well when I get a minimum seven and a half hours, anything under that. And I'm like, Oh, I'm a little off today, you know? Um, So I take my sleep very seriously and I try to get my clients to take it just as serious. But, you know, like to your point about the sleep and like importance with your mental health, it, they go like hand in hand.
0: Yeah. I think we've just done a very big disservice in our culture of like separating all of these pieces of ourselves that like are very, very integral right? Mind, uh-huh. Body, spirit, like, you know, m- mentality, uh, mindset, growth mindset, victim consciousness, like all of those things really um, are impacting us in some really negative, really negative ways, keeping them separated, right? Not looking at the whole picture.
1: Yeah. And when you keep them separated, it goes back to, you know, your question of like, why people fail. I'm like, this is exactly why, you know, people fail in my opinion, doing a, like, I can give you a plan and say like, Hey, Madeline, here's your workout plan for the month. That's actually the easy part, right? Cause it's like, you'll just look at it and you're like, okay, I got to do three sets of squats, three sets of this. Like, it's like just a prescription, right? Like, and you're just going to go and you're going to do it to me. I think that's the easy part. It's dealing with all of your past issues, everything that you've buried, that is going to be the harder part because that's, what's going to stop you.
0: Oh, I, 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 I'm just like, I'm smiling right now because the number of times I'm like, oh, I don't feel like going to training. I'm so tired. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, like that mental piece and it like everybody, I'm sure I'm not the only person that says this It's like the hardest part is like getting there. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not the actual doing of the workout. When I leave training, I'm not only energized, I'm no longer tired. I'm significantly happier. I'm happy because I didn't listen to, you know, the belief that I'm too tired to do this and I feel great, but it's the like getting there and it's the, well, you know, I got to stay home. I got to cook. I got to do all these things. I have all these deadlines. There's just not enough time for me to do everything. And so our self-care starts to take the backseat.
1: Yeah. Um, it's so true. And I, I always say, I really regret that workout said no one ever. (laughs) Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Nobody.
0: Uh, So when you say like mindset, you know, what, like, what is, how do you contextualize that? Like when you talk to clients about it, Do you talk to them and be like, hey, we're going to work on mindset, or how does that present itself?
1: Well, I usually will tell them, like, you know, like, this is how I do it. This is how the programs run. Like, there's three pillars in the work that I do, and it's lifestyle, nutrition, uh, and then supplementation. And I always say, I go, supplements are last, and you may not even need any. I was like, we need to work on lifestyle first, which is like the big umbrella. And that's like your sleep hygiene and your um your mindset your self-care and whatnot so I always establish that in the beginning and with mindset we I just you know we go through you know their health history their family history relationships um you know like okay so like tell me like how's your relationship with your husband you know does he help out with the kids um how old are your kids like how do you do childcare? like and it's and I ask these type of questions just to like, get a sense of where their head is at. Cause like one question will prompt another. And sometimes once they start answering like one question, two questions, the third question, then it's like, everything will start to flow out for them. And so when I say like mindset, cause I know that's like a big general term, it's, you know, okay. It's one getting a sense of where they're at now in real, and then getting a a good picture of, their history. So like, what was their childhood like? And there isn't um, a a question on my intake form that talks about any sort of trauma in the last, you know, few years that they'll say no, but then through conversation, they're like, oh yeah, well, when my dad was diagnosed with cancer, I'm like, that's actually like pretty traumatic, you know? And this is where, you know, it's big T or little T, you know, I'm not going to tell someone that what they've experienced is invalid. You know, if it's, if it feels that, uh, if it feels that it affects them in that sort of way, then you know what, then it's valid, it's validated, it's valid to them. Right. So, you know, it could be big T or little T. So working on that and, you know, finding out like, okay, what kind of beliefs do they have? And, you know, you have to do a lot of prying and a lot of, okay, well, tell me more, say more what about this? What about that? And why? Cause then that will tell you, that will give you a sense I should say of like where their head is at and what they kind of believe. Cause I'm like, okay, do they think that this needs to be hard or do they see that this could be easy? You know? And I, my job is to see, like spot the blind spots essentially like, okay, where are they not seeing something and where can I ha- lead them?
0: Yeah. I was going to say that, um, like these things are well uh, protected by, you know, our subconscious, right? Like, you know, we can't, we don't necessarily, like our conscious mind doesn't necessarily always want to be aware of all of these things underneath. And so Mm. our brain is really smart on how Mm -hmm. it like stores and protects us, right? All Mm -hmm. of these things are protective mechanisms. And so it's not until we start to like, I think it's the asking of the question that starts to bring the attention. And when you start bringing the attention a to the question or to the body, all of a sudden, you know, these are start to unlock doors that are, are locked under normal circumstances. Because if we were aware of them, we'd be solving our, you know, we'd be solving our problems like, you know really quickly, but our brain is like, oh, that, that was really hard. Let's not think about that. Or like, let's bury that over there, or let's not like experience that over here. And so that's how it gets stuck either in the mind and in the body. Right. Totally. So you mentioned kind of like three, three steps Uh, you said, lifestyle, nutrition and supplementation. Um, Can we talk a little bit also about like Can we kind of talk a little bit deeper into those things and other pillars, um, that you sort of feel are really important when it comes to helping people achieve their, achieve their goals?
1: Yeah. The, I mean, the biggest pillar that I spend the most time on is lifestyle. Right. Um, because again, just like a, uh, just like a workout program that I'd give to you. I mean, I think people inherently know how to eat. Like, I mean, it doesn't take me to tell you that, oh, drinking a bottle of wine every night may not be the best choice for your health or, you know, eating a bag of cookies every day, you know, like with that amount of sugar. So like, I think inherently people know what would be how to best fuel themselves. I'm not going to say something is bad or something is good, but it's like, you know, I think we all know by now that like sugar is very addictive, right? That's the whole point of it. So that's why when I'm like, you really, you know, that you shouldn't be drinking a bottle of wine every night. So I don't really need to put that explicitly in your plan. Like why you're not paying me for that. (laughs) So I focus heavy on the lifestyle piece and, you know, it's from the little things like taking a bath without your phone, because This person feels very addicted to their phone and feels, has a a difficult time being alone in with themselves. So they're taking a bath, but they're taking a bath, hanging over the ledge with their phone and admittedly tells me, oh, it's not comfortable at all. I'm like, well, of course it's not comfortable because half of you is hanging outside of the bath. That kind of defeats the whole purpose. Right. But then it's like, okay, well, why do you feel that you need to be on your phone and connected constantly like that like what is so uncomfortable with being alone you know so it's those type of things that we're looking at because I mean it's not that you're just addicted to Instagram it's that you're having a hard time being in being by yourself and being with yourself so let's explore that so you know that the lifestyle umbrella is huge and you know with the sleep and You know, do people, some practices, like, do you meditate? Do you journal? You know, and everything that I suggest, if they're like, nope, nope, tried it, didn't like it. Okay, well, what did you, what did you try? How long ago was that? How come you didn't like it? You know, there's a way around everything, um, you know, and it's, people are like, well, I just can't be quiet, sit still when I meditate. Okay, well, did you try maybe for like trying for five minutes a day or extending and then gradually extending that time? I mean, we all know, like when you meditate, it does take a while to quiet the mind. Like that's the whole point, right? So it's not like you're just going to go and like, everything's going to shut off. So it's, I, when I'm greeted with resistance, it's always like, okay, well, what else have we tried? Have you done this? Tell me a little bit more. Like, I always try to get them to like talk and talk and talk and talk because eventually they'll come back to what I've recommended for them to do. Indeed. It's always a full circle moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, probably really important for setting setting the tone, right? Because, you know, if you're not able to like let go of your phone for five minutes, well, your nervous system is highly active. You know, like it's your mm. your, your nervous system is aroused. And like, how are you going to fuel rest, recovery and sleep if your nervous system is like wound up on the to-do list and like what happened yesterday or what happened earlier today, what do I need to get done? And right. Like your mind is activated at that point. It's not going to be preparing or winding down for sleep.
1: Right. Oh, hundred percent. Like when then, so then when you're saying, when someone's saying, well, I have a really hard time falling asleep. I'm like, cause you've been on your phone for four hours. That's why. The bath is supposed to be helping you go to sleep. However, you're bringing it with you. You're bringing that phone with you into, uh, into the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think it's worthwhile to then explore like, you know, underneath that, what is, what is that about? Right. Um, because it probably is showing up in other aspects of their lifestyle too.
1: Right. Right. Like you're, that's an inability to be with yourself. So yeah. Like, where is that showing up in other aspects? Is it codependent relationships, like friendships, like who knows? Right.
0: Well, I was also just thinking if I have a hard time being with myself, there may be an element of, I don't like myself. And if I don't like myself, why would I do anything good for myself? Mm -hmm. Like eat well, sleep well, exercise.
1: Right. And these are like, everything you're saying is like the work that I do. And this is one of the the, the gaps, right. With the training and the goals, because y- if you don't like yourself, you're not going to be going, you're not going to be doing all of the things you need to do to get to your goal. So like, how do we get you to like yourself? How do we, why don't you like yourself peeling all of that back? Indeed. Yeah. So
0: I do want to talk a little bit about nutrition because mm-hmm. I think certainly like there's this idea with fitness that like, you just don't eat or like you undereat,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: like how that, how, well, I mean, I, it's a problem. Like it's not a sustainable thing that you should do, you know, but like what, what are some general principles like what are some general foundational principles around fueling your body um especially when you're let's say on a weight loss goal or a um you know wanting to be stronger like how do you what what do we what are some foundational things we need to learn about
1: usually when i um start working with women i realize they've been in like a massive caloric deficit And that actually does more harm than good, especially if it's long-term. So what we need to initially do is bring them up, like have them eating more, which to them seems completely counterintuitive where they're like, but I'm trying to lose weight. I'm like, yes. However, your body, like your metabolism now, we need, it it needs to be reset because, and I'll give an example of a client who she was over exercising, and she was also um, plant-based and like very strict in her plant-based. So she would run on her treadmill for over an hour, like an hour a day. And was just, was barely eating any fats and was supplementing with a lot of soy products, which it's fine, but it's not necessarily whole foods per se. And, you know, one of her things was, you know she's not seeing results and it was like just even like a quick look at her nutrition i'm like well you're not even eating any fats like what's, what are your periods like and you know just what's your sleep like and you know she wasn't doing a lot of strength training so it was like just that like cardio 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 and she did a plan cuz i had did like a 7 day um plan and it had a lot of fat and she's like, oh my God, like I lost, I can't remember how much she lost on that plan. But it was like one of those like seven days, here you go. Like it was just like a giveaway in my group. And then when she joined the group, um, it's like almost like she forgot that whole plan and how it worked really well, right? Because it switched up her nutrition, was forcing her to eat more than what she was eating. Cause that was the other thing. Like she wasn't eating very many carbs either. And uh, so she gets in the group and then again reverts back to her old habits right like barely any fat and like the over exercising and i said to her listen like if you're not going to change the nutrition and you're not going to be open to changing it i was like something has to give like we have to change a variable and if you're really going to start to see results then you will like, it's almost like you got to tell your body to like exercise even more. And I said, which I'm not going to tell you to do because like something has to shift in order to see any sort of results. Right. And I know that was just like a very long winded way of, uh, of answering your question, but I just wanted to give an idea of like, this is what I encounter. Right. Like They don't eat fats because they're scared of fats because fats make you fat. They don't make you fat, you know. They don't. They don't eat a lot of carbs. I'm like, well, if you're working out intensely and you're trying to gain muscle. You know, it's going to be a little bit of a fine dance, but you absolutely need carbs for fuel. And you should be eating a little bit more than what you think you should be eating at this point. Once we reset the metabolism, then we can slowly, slowly take you into a deficit and take it from there. But when you're chronically eating only like these, like 12, 1300 calories a day, yeah, like you're absolutely going to not see results, right? Like you may initially, but then after that, it's like, done. So then it's like, okay, we got to shock the body. So like you gradually increase. And I would say you'd start off at almost like a 2000 and their calories. And I only count calories in certain situations. That's the other issue. I don't count all the time and then slowly take them down into a deficit. But even when you're slowly creeping them up, they're like, this is more food than I've ever eaten. I'm like, I know, but watch how you see results. (laughs)
0: So interesting, you know, uh, finding that balance, Um, but we got to fuel our body for it to do what it's supposed to do. I mean, if you're chronically in a deficit, not getting enough of what you need, your body literally thinks like your, your nervous system actually thinks like your life is in threat. Like there's Mm -hmm. famine, like it literally thinks you're in famine and will therefore store energy because it does not know. When it's going to get more food.
1: Yeah. Not to mention uh your cortisol, what's it doing to your hormones? You know, how like how are you sleeping? What's your energy like? Oh, you're crashing every day at three o'clock. Oh, of course you are. You have you're drinking, I had a client who was drinking eight cups of coffee a day. I'm like, well, if you ate more food and slept just a little bit more, then you know, we could get you off of that. Now she's down to like one and a half cups because we're working on lifestyle. Yeah. Right. Like she can do the, I know she can do the program. She can do the program. No problem. It's working on all of the lifestyle pieces.
0: Honestly, it's the hardest part.
1: It That is that, the hardest part. Yeah. And that's why when I structure my programs, they're like eight to 12 weeks. Right. Because that t- this type of work takes time to integrate. So it's not going to happen in 30 days. So be patient. Let's like, let's get buckle up because it's going to take more than 30 days. Um, it takes a good chunk of time. And like that first, the 12 weeks with me is just really the beginning essentially. Right. So my goal is that I give them all of the tools, all of the resources so that when the 12 weeks are done, they can actually imp- they can continue to integrate that on their own. Like they're at it, they're at a point where I'm like, okay, the training wheels are off. Like you're good to go. So like we've built this together now fly.
0: And is that why you built in check-ins as part of your program? Like, yeah, versus absolutely. just like, Oh, here, <clears throat> do this thing. And then like, see you in a bit.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the other part where, Cause I was like, when I was going, when I was on my journey, where were the gaps? What was I missing? Right. Like I didn't have check-ins with coaches. It was just like, okay, like come in once a week or see you every other week. But like, what about the in-between? Right. And that's a huge gap too in programs where it's like, here's your 30 day program. Bye. And whereas with me, I'm like, okay, no, no, no. I'm going to help you like all along the way. So we've built this foundation so that by the time that we're done our work together, You can continue to implement all of this and you're, you're actually in a, you're in a good space. Like you're in a great space. So I have weekly check-ins where I just, we, I send messages and like, Hey, and I usually do that on Mondays where I'm like, how's the last week been for you? You know, and they'll share some quick wins. And then we, those are just the quick check-ins weekly. And then we actually do our monthly check-ins where it's like, okay, face-to-face over Zoom, where we go through everything in detail. So there's a lot of contact and a lot of support in my programs.
0: Yeah. And I imagine that's, that this is also like quite different than going to the gym and working with your personal trainer there too, right? Like Mm -hmm. I don't, you know. I don't know if it's commonplace to have these kinds of discussions. Like, sure, you have that accountability to do your exercise program. And they're there kind of modifying, adding, being your cheerleader. But again, what happens when you stop seeing them?
1: Right. And so it's this is definitely not uh, conventional when you see just a a trainer, right? Your trainer is going to be there to tell you, okay, you got three more, three more reps to go. Good work let's add this weight right they're not doing you know these types of these types of check-ins
0: and so what about like stress management I mean because we're we're sort of talking about lifestyle factors and yeah. I imagine there has to be some kind of discussion around stress management and what does that piece look like
1: oh, I mean the stress management is I mean that's a huge part of the lifestyle as well right like what are learning what their coping mechanisms are and learning you know what has what have they tried have they been successful and you know when they say they've tried something I always say like okay so tell me more let's like let's let's really learn about like how like did did you try <laughs> was it just like I tried it didn't work or like did you really actually give it a good fair attempt um so learning about what they've done in the past? Are they open to trying something different? Are they open to trying something again? Because what you may have done four years ago, that didn't work for you. Maybe it'll work now, right? Like if you're in a different headspace, it never hurts. And what I say is it's trial and error. So like, let's try this. Let's see if it works. Let's give it a fair shot. And if it doesn't, then okay, let's try something else. And you know, the stress management could be, um, you know, the meditation, breath work, listening to podcasts and specific type of podcast, right. Um, you know, staying away from news, like if you're addicted to, um, you know, the consumption of media, then, you know, like, how do we, how do we explore that?
0: Yeah. The stress
1: Uh, management is huge, is a huge part of it.
0: And the, Big thing around that too, like coming from the nervous system perspective is that the nervous system and we call it neuroplasticity, right? We have the ability to change our neural connections, but they don't just like turn. It's not a light switch. Like our nervous system doesn't work that way. In order to build new pathways, you start with like a single, like it starts with a single like spider web thread where you first make the connection and it's, you know, not very strong and it's fragile. And then, you know, you do the activity again and you do it again with like loving kindness. And like, you're adding more and more strands of that, like spider web. And all of a sudden it starts to become like a thin rope. And then that thin rope becomes a thicker rope. And Mm -hmm. our nervous system, you know, it can't, it's like you can't turn the Titanic because you just turn the wheel like once, you know what I mean? It's like, you have to sort of keep turning. And so finding something that you can spend a little bit of time and like really exploring it is where the change happens. It's like in the, I'm going to change everything all at once and expect my nervous system to like be okay with that level of change. Uh, That's why it doesn't work, right? And we become overwhelmed by it.
1: And the one thing with stress, and this is what I tell all my clients is, you know, the stress is always going to be there. It's just how you handle it. Like, I'm like, things are going to come up all the time. Like nothing is ever going to be perfect. Right. So it's all in how you respond to it and then how you manage it from there on. You know, like if you have sick parents, for example, nothing's going to really change that. So that situation until like, if like, if it's really grave. Right. But if you have a, a parent that's ill, you there's nothing you can really do to change that. If they're like chronically ill, then it's like, okay, then how do you just manage that? Cause it's always, it's always going to come up. It's always going to pull you in some sort of direction. If you have a demanding job. It's the same thing. Like how do you set boundaries in your job? Right.
0: Indeed. And then we're talking also about like habit building. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're changing our habits. So how do you sort of approach that aspect?
1: Well, you know, that this is the thing with habits is that some people get really comfortable in some of their existing habits and it's that again, it gives them a false sense of safety, right. You know, and, the habits, I mean, there's layers to that. So if you're a people pleaser, for example, right? I mean, the people pleaser is that's tied to worthiness. So it's not just that you want to make everybody happy. It's that you want to make everybody happy. So no, everybody can like you, right? So you don't feel that no one likes you. Um, so it's like, okay, once we discover, once we look at where the, like the, the core wound or the issue is coming from with that habit, how do we reframe it and flip it around? You know Um, you know, clients who are, who have demanding jobs, they're always an interesting case because they just feel that they need to be on all the time and available for everyone. Right. And it's, you know, well, can you set an like 30 minutes for lunch? I can't. Well, why can't you? Right. So it's when you find out like, okay, so why is it that you can't? Well, because they're going to need me. I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want to let them down. Okay. Well then that's, that's a you problem. So like, how do we work through that to then, you know, establish the habit of like, okay, you're going to just block off the 30 minutes every day. You know, and that's people just will know
0: that you're off for thirty minutes a yeah. day, and hopefully respect those boundaries and be able to problem solve on their own for that thirty minutes, or you know, wait till you come back. Like, yeah, yeah, and
1: you, you is- never, you never know until you try. And like, people are so resistant to trying. And I'm like, you know, it's. I worked with someone who he took his lunch every single day. My boss, he was adamant about it. And I remember when he first came in and I thought, okay, nobody ever does this. Like, this is never going to last. And you know what? That man took his lunch every day, whether it was an hour between 12 and 1, 30 and 1.30, he'd pick up his bag and he'd go across the street and swim his laps at the YMCA, shower and come back. Like, he did not care. He's like, absolutely not. We're not booking a meeting during lunch. And it was like, oh, okay. So once I realized like, oh, he's actually very serious about it. We fell in line, which in turn, everybody fell in line. So it's like, you never know until you try, but people are so scared to try because they're so attached to their old habits and their old way of doing things.
0: And thus comes the reflection, (laughs) right? Like the building momentum and reflecting. And so how, how do you, how do you tie that in?
1: Oh man, tie that in, and like it depends on the person. And the, I mean, everybody is different, so my approach is always going to be different. But you know, uh, tying it back to worthiness for them sometimes, you know, like are they, do they, what do they believe they are worthy of? You know, what sort of trust. Do they have with themselves you know so building that the self-trust piece um and always I always try to kick it back to them so I'm like okay well tell me a little bit about it you know so it's not me doing all of the talking and giving them the answers so I'm always trying to prompt them so that they're they they it's almost like they're tying it back in for me like so like I've again i'm showing i'm trying to find their blind spot right and now it's like hopefully by this point they're awa- aware of their blind spot
0: indeed so you ha- so you mentioned you, you online so some of it sounds like it's online mm-hmm. uh, so i'm curious about like how do you structure your like programs and like do you, do you have a group program do you do one to one like how do you how do you incorporate all these different things?
1: Yeah. So I have two main, like two main practices. So one is the one-on-one and that's, um, that's all virtual. So, you know, we keep in touch via Slack, which is just another instant messenger form and it's fantastic. And then, you know, our check-ins are done through zoom I think we've learned how to how to adjust and, you know, do things virtually. And then I also have, and so that's the deeper dive. So we're one-on-one, like the plan is specifically geared towards you. And then I have my group program, which is called Thrive 3D. So it's um, de- uh, discover, develop, and discipline. And that is basically taking the one-on-one practice and formatting it for a group. So, we start off with setting our intention, looking at our why and goal setting. And I help them through that. And then I give them education on, you know, nutrition, uh, recovery, mindset, and they have a plan to follow. So if they want to do the workout plan, they have eight weeks for a plan. And it's a five day plan. So I always say, you know, the plan is the easy part. It's all the other stuff on the, on the outside. Right. So they're doing this plan as they're learning and building this foundation. And then towards the end, there's the reflection piece that uh, I've put in, you know, and I encourage them to journal throughout because it's a 60 day process. This is an eight week program and to see, you know, like what comes up for them. And, you know, the support that we, I offer is also through a group forum discussion and, So they're still getting those, like that type of check-in and that type of support. And then obviously we do have our weekly coaching. So there's a little bit of like the, there's overlap in both. Whereas one is more one-on-one, you get just a little bit extra support. And then the other one is the group support program or group program.
0: Amazing. So if people are like interested in learning more about your one-to-one or your group, practice or they just want to follow along your journey? Like where, where do I, where do we send them?
1: You, you you can send them to, um, well, I'm most active on Instagram, right? And so that's Tiana Polari on Instagram. And then on my website is at www.tianapolari.com, which has all of my programs and all of my offerings listed there.
0: Amazing. And we will put those links in the show notes to make it super easy for you to get the spelling and, you know, get the, get the, get to the website. So you'll just have to check the description of the, um, podcast. And I'm sure there's a link in your bio on Instagram that takes you to where they need to go. So
1: all the links, yeah, all the links are there in my bio. Yeah. And they can even book a free call with me. So I do, um, like, consults, so they can book a call to learn a little bit more about me, my approach, and I can learn a little bit more about them, see if we're the right fit for each other.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Well, Tiana, thank you so much for taking the time to, like, share this um, unique uh, approach, which I actually think really should be the foundation to anything we're doing when we're working with people to help them change is like getting, um, much deeper than what we've really been doing to get to the heart of like what people really, really want, and then helping them actually sort of get there. Um, so I, I appreciate seeing this approach showing up in the personal training realm
1: Mm -hmm. because I don't
0: think I've seen it before. Yeah. So that's really cool. So thank you for sharing this wonderful information with us and taking time to be on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. This has been great.
0: And of course, we always want to thank our listeners for joining in every week. Uh, I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. It can be done through the link in my Instagram bio, uh, And it will open up all the platforms under which the podcast is available, Google, Android, Apple. You can even subscribe by email and get email alerts when new um, podcasts arrive. So there's multiple different ways that you can subscribe to the podcast and be alerted when we have wonderful guests joining us. Uh, And I encourage you to share out the podcast because you never know whose life you're going to impact in a positive way if you don't share out the information. So that's my encouragement is subscribe and share. And thanks for joining us. We'll see you. Well, we won't see you. We will be with you in audio format on the next podcast. Bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for hanging out. So as I mentioned at the beginning, we have recently released a free mini training called How to Work with Labor Pain to Have a Positive Birth Experience. And in this mini training, I take you through what pain is, how labor pain is different than like an acute ankle sprain type of pain. I talk about the three different ways that you can work with pain And then at the end, I actually teach three different ways that you can work with labor pain to have a more positive birth experience. If you would like to access this free mini training, you can go to courses.ecophysio.com forward slash mini training. Or you can look in the description of today's podcast episode At the end of the description, a link will be there for you to get the free mini training. Hope to connect with you there. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again until the next episode. Bye for now.